You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. This is your host, Cookie Monster. And today, we are talking about something that... I know it's going to get a lot of people excited. It's just one of those topics that I know when we hear, we're like, yeah. So what happens with our, with our episodes is that we've got certain topics that tend to get lots of downloads and just lots of reactions from our listeners, especially things to do with relationships Ooh. and that kind of stuff. Ooh. You guys, it's like you guys are more excited by about relationships than you are about like doctrine and stuff. Anyway, hey, but yeah, today is one of the... <laughs> Today's one of those days where we're going to be talking about this very hot topic and I'm joined by two very special guests who are going to be helping us unpack this topic. Grace. Hello everyone. Miss, I hope you're Miss all Style good. Grace. Ooh, that nickname. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> Just own it. Just own it. Um and then this dude here, I yeah, in fact, I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him introduce himself properly. I'll let him tell us a bit about who he is. But we have Ro in the building. Yo, yo, yo! What's good? What's going on, Ro? A lot. <laughs> yeah. But we good. We good. We good. Yeah. Yeah. I love the beard, man. Thank you. Thank I've, you. I've tried, but the beard game. The, the beard game is just weak. It just it's. Work, it's hard to get into. I'm not gonna lie. It, yeah. it did. It took a minute to get here. I have. I have progression photos. So. <laughs> It's okay. um, but it's, it's, uh, you got exactly. You know, all things work together. <laughs> I like that. Well, they haven't really worked together for me, but um, <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, before we get into the topic today, uh, I'm going to ask Ro just to tell us a bit about who you are. Who's Ro? Where are you from? Cool looking dude. <laughs> you know, and um, I love your shoes. I was telling you earlier. It's yeah, got, it's got these Converse, the Converse platforms, on, and they're really nice. Like, it makes me a whole two inches taller. It's great. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? Are you a little vertically challenged? Uh, I'm five six on a good day. So on a good day, okay. Take that how you will. All right, all right. Well, every day is a good day. We yeah you know, yeah you know as long as the Lord is in it. Oh, come on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what we're here for. Come on. Hallelujah. Anyway, Ro, uh, tell us a bit about who you are, where you're from, what do you do? Word, yeah. So uh, I am from Harare, Zimbabwe. Um, I grew up in Hatfield, but then my parents moved up to Emerald Hill. And so I've been there most of my life. But then I went to do my undergrad degree in Chicago at the Moody Bible Institute. Awesome. So I studied and worked in Chicago for about six years. Okay. So I just moved back home last year in May. Culture shock. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't gonna. It wasn't as much as I thought it was gonna be. If I'm being completely honest, yeah. I think there was a lot more relief in like there was a lot of familiarity back to get back into, and I feel like I prepared myself pretty well for this because right. in my mind I just spent the time going. <laughs> the roads are going to be trash. I'm not going to have a lot of water. <laughs> yeah. And my Wi-Fi is going to be spotty. And Your wife? Wi-Fi. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Yo. Relax. No, man, I, I just Relax. I didn't make that properly, so I just needed to, I just needed to make Let's sure. Let's make sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, the Wi-Fi is, is spotty. But actually, I mean, my Wi-Fi is actually pretty great right now. So let's jump straight into the topic. Let's do it. For today, we're talking about singleness and waiting. Oh my, guys! Ooh. I've I'm gonna be honest and say that I've been in so many of these conversations mm -hmm. in my life. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's mm. crazy. I've been, of course, from church, young yes. adults, mm -hmm. oh god, youth. Mm -hmm. I've I've been in these conversations, and and I think there's always something to say. There's always something to unpack because, of course, you know, it's an important conversation. Yeah, yeah. to have. So, what what do you guys? Okay, well, for starters, I'm assuming that everybody sitting in this room right now is single. <laughs> I'm yes, sir. I'm married. Yes, That's we can the say word. the S word. <laughs> the, the S word. The S yeah. word. It's not taboo here. <laughs> right, it's right. A, it's a safe space. Yeah. It's a safe space. <laughs> so, so people are single as in, by single we mean unmarried, right? Yeah. yeah. 
because that's the categorization. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because some people may not be single, single. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All of that, but we're not going to get into that. Why is singleness such a hot topic among people? Okay, well, church folk especially. Mm. I guess, but I think people in general, right? Yeah. The moment the pastor starts talking about singleness and all the single people, then it just gets crazy or people start getting all excited. What is it about that aspect of life that gets people so either worked up or excited mm. or hmm. whatever. What is it? What do you guys think? Sure. That's a good question. I'm just racking my brain right now. <laughs> I will say, I think one of the biggest contributing factors is how much of an emphasis the church places on marriage. Yeah. And I think that's a whole conversation in and of itself. But what I've observed from the circles that I'm in with my single friends is every time we have this conversation in the church, the conclusion is always, well, why aren't you single people married yet? Yeah, Correct. that is always the question. And so it's it's never... I think that the reason I see a lot of people getting so worked up is because people don't seem to be talking to single people about what they're just doing with their single lives, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, we're living and doing all sorts of other things besides looking for a relationship, right? Like, that's... As much as... You know, we know in scripture it's it's good, you know. Um, we know that God really created marriage to uh, to be a big part of, uh, what's the word? Signifying his love in this world, mm-hmm. right? It's an idea of like a, a husband and a wife are supposed to represent Christ in the church. And Correct, so yeah. it makes sense that like that's that's a big discourse. However, I think the tension comes in, one of the biggest things is when people start taking all the scripture that talk about not being alone to apply to you should be married. You know, mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things is you look at Genesis when God says it's not good that man should be alone. However, the context of that is talking about people should be in community. And so I think single people get worked up whenever people are using whatever scripture it is to convince them that they shouldn't be single for too long. Um, that there's like there's a there's a limit on how long you should be single for, and ultimately you should always be thinking about trying to get married once you're at a, a quote unquote certain stage in life. You know what I mean? Mm. But is there no aspect of that verse, the verse that you mm-hmm. referenced just now, the Genesis chapter? I think it's in two Genesis something. two yeah. something yeah two sixteen I believe. Thank you. You're the one who went to Bible Maybe. college, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, isn't there an aspect of that that's actually referring to marriage? What? That's how I would have interpreted it. I mean, there definitely is an anyway. aspect for sure, yeah. but I think it's just it's a problem when it's the only part of it that we talk about. Okay. So I guess. If we were going to oppose it, we were going to say, you know, if if you're going to be asking uh, single people, like, if you meet a single person, you're like, oh, you married? And they're like, not yet. Then the next question should be, are you in community? I think that's where I would, I would challenge that statement because it's like, okay, well, either it's not good for you to be alone in the sense that you should have a partner or a helper with you. But if you don't have that, then it's not good for you to be alone without having people who are actually involved in your life mm-hmm. and doing mm-hmm. things with you directly mm-hmm. and who know what's going on. Because, I mean, ultimately, that's, that's, that's what everybody wants. Like, everybody right. wants to feel like they belong and that people are seeking them out. Right. Mm. Grace, as a single young lady. Yes. Because I do know that young ladies especially tend to feel this a bit more Mm. maybe a little more than guys do to a degree um do you feel like there's there's an undue pressure that's placed on Mm. women women especially both in society and in the church of Mm -hmm. course the church is part of society but i mean like do you feel like there's a there's an undue pressure I think that, so. that is placed on you guys. 
I think there is. Um, there's this general perspective that once you get to get past a certain age, you're no longer ripe for marriage. Mm. And people think that, okay, you should get married in your prime. And also there's the reproductive factor, which is um, the earlier you have a baby, the better. So get Mm -hmm. married now. But what I've also seen from a worldly perspective is now we're kind of redefining um, relationships between men and women. This is out of the church. And so there are all of these categories. It's more liberal now. It's not as hectic as, as it used to be. Um, and so there are all these categories. It's complicated, serial monogamy and all of that. Mm. And so I think the world has gone to one extreme. Serial monogamy? Yeah. Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> what, what's that? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's totally a thing. It's a thing. It's like serial date. I think it's serial dating. It's similar to serial date. Like you, you yeah. enter one relationship, you leave it, you enter another relationship, you leave it, you enter another relationship. As, a, as opposed to what? As opposed to... Um, Having you know. multiple relationships at the <laughs> yeah. same time? I guess Being so. a player. But I'm, aren't we all supposed to be serial monogamists? Right. Where? I mean, that's what you'd like to think, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's, oh, okay. Yeah. I think that's the problem with... What, what Grace is saying with the culture right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the church perspective is still on one extreme, it seems, and the worldly perspective is now going towards another extreme. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you've got conflicting, as a woman, you have got conflicting messages about what you should believe about relationships and marriage and that thing and that kind of thing. So there isn't a healthy balance. So how do you handle that? Um, sure. Okay, as a, uh, well, I'm not asking you directly, but I'm just asking generally, like, how mm-hmm. does. A 21st century young lady who's in her 20s or 30s or whatever. How how do they handle that? How do they strike that balance? Honestly, I'm just going to say the cliche thing as a Christian woman (laughs) by studying the word. Come on. Say that's it louder it. for the people in just the know, Just knowing the truth about relationships and what God has intended for the for those relationships. Mm. Um, at least now there are teachings that are healthier that are out there. Mm. Um, and, you know, we are, as Christians, we're naturally countercultural. So we know that we, we, are, we don't have to follow the ways of, of the world. But we also need to understand that singleness is not just a disease that needs to be cured. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's also a time for you to grow in your relationship with God. It's a time yeah. for you to, you know, hang out with like-minded Christians and just grow as an individual. Mm-hmm. And the painful truth is that not everyone is going to get married. And so you need to be, as hard as it is, you need to be okay <laughs> if marriage is not for you or if God doesn't desire that part for you. So it's it's really... Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do want us to unpack that particular mm. that particular one uh, uh, that particular point mm. a little further just now. Mm. But I, I just want to come back to something that you said because you said that in singleness, um, some people are single, and in the or rather in uh, in singleness, one of the things that you're supposed to do is to grow in your relationship with God and mm. whatnot, whatnot, mm-hmm. which is quite a cliche thing, right? Yeah, it's cliche because some people are single, but not growing yeah yeah and so it doesn't always balance out like that that Mm -hmm. the one follows the other Mm -hmm. yeah often people are single but like super anxious Mm -hmm. because they're like yeah someone anyone exactly or or whatever right but just coming back to this grace i'm coming back to you again do you feel that there's a (laughs) an imbalance or a disproportionate amount of pressure that is placed on women I, when it comes to this? When it comes to singleness, uh-huh. I think so. And as I mentioned before, it's the age factor. I want you to be as blunt as possible. <laughs> yes, yeah. there is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's something that you want me to, that you're going at here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, there is. 
Um, and I've noticed that um, many conversations around preparing people for marriage is usually usually involves women more than men as well. Mm. Men aren't having these conversations, but yeah. women are mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Um, older women can talk to younger women, or there's so much information on how to be a good wife and how to mm. treat your husband well, but there's not enough information for the men themselves on how to be good husbands. Ro, just really quickly, what does Ro mean? Like, is, is Ro the complete oh, name? Or is Ro so, okay. So my name is Ross. Okay. But when I was about 15 years old, I had this moment where... So I've, I grew up in a, I've grown up in church, um, kind of been one of those kids that knew, always knew how to do the right thing. But there was a specific moment where my I actually finally realized what it meant to have a personal relationship with God. And it was this moment where I was... Um, I felt like God was far from me. And I spent this one week at this camp, like praying through it and trying to figure out what is going on. And I'm like, God, where are you? That kind of whole thing. And it, it came to this one moment when I was in a worship session and someone spoke a word about something. I, for the life of me, I can't remember what they said. But in that moment, what I heard God saying to me was, I never left you. You ran away from me. You got distracted by so many other things. And I want you to know that I will continue to chase after you. You are my son. That's your identity. And you can never change that. So Ro is obviously the double S is taken off of Ross to represent that there's, there was an old part of me that died. And Ro is kind of symbolizing that this is my new identity as a like new that. creation. So it's, it's like a reminder every time someone says Ro, I'm like, Wow, I'm I'm not who I used to be, which is funny because you know, moving back home, there's a lot of people that I knew from junior school or like family members who will call me Ross, and it always feels really weird because it's this person that I have no idea who he is. Like, very interesting. People be like, "Hey, Ross," and like, it'll take me a second to realize people are talking to me because so far, like, as far as I'm concerned, I am this new person. Got it. Um, that is Ro, and God is constantly molding me into. That's- what he wants my identity to be got it got it yeah so have you actually changed your no that particulars and things like that, that? would be a lot of work um i just i just say it socially to everyone okay. and then it's kind of it. cool because you know sometimes people will see my name is ross they'll be like oh what's this and then i get to tell them the story yeah it's, um, a, con- it's a conversation starter exactly yeah. exactly everybody wants to know why my name is only one syllable um <laughs> Which is funny because... Because I was wondering. Yeah. So I thought maybe that's your... Because you're a rapper, right? Right. Which is funny because, yeah, so I decided... Yeah, so Ro is also... Well, I'm thinking of slightly changing the name because the other day I went on Spotify and looked up Ro. There's a bunch of Ro's. And so I'm thinking of rebranding before I actually put any content out. There's a bunch of Ro's. Wow. (laughs) A bunch of people in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Which that's the other great thing. So many puns. Uh, I'm such a child. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Anyway, no, thanks. Thanks, Ro. Question. Shoot. So, talking about this whole singleness yeah. thing, do you think that, because you spoke earlier about how singleness is a season that mm. God, you know, it's, a, it's an important season and that often people feel like there's something missing in their lives if they're single. Do, mm. do you f- okay? Do you feel that there's an unhealthy aspect to singleness? That is there is there the possibility that somebody can be single for too long? Is that is that possible? Or are there people who are single not necessarily because that's what God wants for them, but just because they they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing in order mm. to n- not be single anymore. Do you get what I'm trying mm. to get at? Yes, absolutely. I don't think it's I don't think it's about the length of time at all. I think it's about how you do singleness. Um, okay. So why I say that is because I know. I mean, one again, we look at scripture, and I mean, everybody brings up the example. You have the apostle Paul, who. Um, after the, you know, when he started going into ministry, that entire time he was completely devoted to what he was doing. And look at the outcome of the how the church has grown because of what he did with his singleness, right? But then 
I think there's a lot of people who who are single, but they're so focused on the fact that they're single. I don't think as single people, it should become a piece of identity for us. Like I said, it can be a season or, you know, scripture talks about it as a gift. You know, we receive this time that we're like, I don't know how long this is going to be for, mm-hmm. but God has given me an amount of time to just focus on him and focus on what he's asking me to do for him. And that's really how I should be living my life. But I think there's a lot of people who have internalized their singleness and made it their identity to the point where they everything is always about how single they are. And I think there's a lot of bitterness that comes from, um, I was given this singleness, but everybody else was given relationships. Um, and it's constantly in there. You can see it in the string of their conversations, but it's never, it's never the sense of, Oh, well God has given me this life and he's, he's given me this time and he's i think more importantly he's given me people to help me do singleness well because i think that's also something people don't understand is if, if, if you don't have a healthy um if you don't have a a healthy single life you will not have a healthy married life something i was saying to something i said to some like i talk about with my friends is you know when you go into marriage you have to be a whole person hmm. you can't be half a person you can't have like half of your single life and expect to bring that into a marriage with you you have to become whole as a person as you're single um you have to be able to learn how to do relationships through friendships first got it and then understand that going into marriage is going to say i'm keeping this friendship and then going even deeper with how vulnerable i am with how much i'm holding myself accountable with this person you know so it's like Singleness becomes a basis for marriage, but then singleness can also be continued on into the work that we do. Because essentially, I guess the main difference would be how we use our time. Because when you're married, like your first priority is your spouse and making sure that they're good. And then everything else flows out of that. When you're single, it's checking in on yourself and saying, okay, am I doing things that are healthy or am I just doing things that other people expect me to do because they think I have time? I'm going to thank you for that. I'm going to, I just want to come back to something that you said a little earlier. You said there's a phrase there that you used that I think Mm -hmm. is quite important. You said doing singleness. Well, Mm -hmm. what do you guys think that means? Oh, so just to, just to add on to what Ro was saying, um, and really just to emphasize that there isn't, it's not really about the length of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, well, not however, really, but in addition to that, um, I think, I, I think you also touched on it, that there needs to be an element of introspection, mm, yeah. um, you know, and trying to, and also asking God, what will you have me do in this season? Mm-hmm. What is required of me in this season? And sometimes our singleness may be, lengthened because we're not making the right decisions (laughs) (laughs) straight up and so we are maybe we need to heal maybe there's some trauma that needs to be addressed yes that god needs to heal um and that's probably what we should be focused on in this time maybe we're entertaining Mm -hmm. people that we shouldn't be entertaining because there's something within us that hasn't been dealt with um, so that's, that's something that you need to bring before God and allow him to work within you. Um, because you then can't go into what he said is you can't go into marriage, act, like with bringing your singleness with you. And you also can't go into marriage, bringing in your trauma and your pain Yeah, because you will hurt the next person. So that's another perspective. I hope I answered you. I think I went off a tangent. No, you kind of did. You kind of yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so... Just wondering about, and I hear, I hear, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's a it's a good response. Uh, the only thing that I then think about is, can we ever really completely heal? From mm. I always ask that question. Yeah. Do you get me? <laughs> yeah. Because also, yeah, yeah. because I, I do hear people mm. say, you've got to make sure that you you're healed before you get into a serious commitment like a marriage and i kind of get what they're saying right that you've got to make sure that certain things are just taken care of yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but at the same time 
we're, we're never completely healed. Mm. And I think some healing, some healing is going to happen in marriage. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Some healing is going to happen after we die, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. so they, I, I think there's some things that are going to be very difficult to heal. Mm-hmm. So, but then I get your point about doing singleness well, that you do need to look at the things in your life that you're, that, that need to, to come into order before you bring another person, yeah. mm. another person in. Mm. Uh, what, what else? What else would you say entails, um, or rather constitutes doing singleness well? Yeah. So I think I want to touch a little more on that, like healed kind of thing. Sure, and sure. I think, I think the main key with that is, oh, my bad. Uh, I think the main key with talking about that specific issue is changing the suffix from healed to healing. Mm. And I think, you know, kind of that idea of what we we're talking about with the self-introspection is mm. I think even if you're not completely healed, as long as you can identify and name your wounds that you are healing from, I think that's more important because again, I see a lot of guys in my generation and the generation above who have not addressed their wounds and it is impacting their relationships like to the nth degree because they are just oblivious to the fact that they genuinely have a problem and you know they're not willing to fix it because they don't know it's there and so i think i think that's the most key aspect to hone in on is are you aware of the things you are healing from yeah Mm. which leads me to another question is marriage for everyone? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was very quick. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, number one, I think... Look at divorce rates today, man. Like, you look at... And even beyond the stats, you hear the stories of people who are constantly getting into marriages and then divorcing it and then getting into marriages and then divorcing again. And it's like, maybe at some point along the line we should have stopped and considered maybe this isn't actually the path for me and i think even um you know i forget where is it is it on the sermon on the mount where jesus is talking about divorce and he's saying listen god like detests divorce he never wanted it but moses allowed it because you were so stubborn Mm -hmm. and i think that goes to show that there are people that shouldn't be married because eventually that marriage will just end in divorce. And again, I think it's a large part of that is, um, well, one, it's, it's not listening to God. It's not being obedient to what he's called you to. And so whenever you try to do something that's outside of what he's calling you to, everything is going to fall to pieces and it's going to be ugly. And so I think there are a lot of people where God has said, I will sustain you in your singleness. Don't worry about what all the other married folk are doing. Don't worry. I've got you. But us as humans, we always want something tangible. And so to us, again, I think we have this uh, unbalanced view of that, you know, Christ in the church, you know, marriage representing that. However, you know what else represents the church? Is when two or more people are gathered and they're experiencing life together as a community. And that's why we have the Trinity, because okay. people are never alone. You, you can never be alone. God is never alone. God is God because it's three persons in one. Correct. Otherwise, if you split that up anyway, then God would cease to be God. So what we see is, you know, a lot of people get caught up with uh, that image of, you know, Christ and the church being um, a bride, the bride and the, the husband, and that's the image of being complete. However, the other image we have in the Bible is the Trinity, which is three persons in one. And what do we have in a gathering of community? You have you have two or three people who are gathering together to to share life. And I think people miss out on that a lot. They miss that imagery of showing that, of, of seeing that God wouldn't be God if he wasn't triune. You know, if you split it up anyway, you know, there's whole doctrines on like modalism and if each one of them Correct. played a specific part, then it would not be God because then it limits the idea of what being unified is. But really, 
what what we should be looking at is if God has given us the gift of singleness, are we sharing that gift with others in our community in such a way that's benefiting them and growing us? So there's an intentionality that is required. Absolutely. Because also part of the problem that I see or the challenge that I notice is that in a lot of church circles, and of course, of course, not all church, churches are like this, but in a lot of church circles, what tends to happen is that there's a lot of pressure from either church leadership or um, just the church community, maybe the older folk in, yes. in church on young people, young single people to say, hey, when are you going to make things happen? Mm-hmm. You're coming of age or have you found somebody or have you thought about, have you seen her? Have you seen him? Yep. And so yep. then what it often then does is that it gets people into a mode where they feel like as a single person, I'm actually not complete. Mm. That this period of singleness is a waiting period for mm. the real thing to happen. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so people are trying, trying as much as possible to accelerate this process. So they get to the goal, which mm. is marriage. Whereas we're, we're uh, where singleness, like from what you're saying, that singleness is supposed to be viewed as a thing on its own. To say mm-hmm. you're you're single, you're complete, and you should be focusing on mm-hmm. certain important things until yeah. the time then comes when you can get married and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. If you do exactly get married, mm-hmm. guys, there's another side to this coin which is that we've got a loneliness pandemic yes yeah oh my gosh and so a lot of people are lonely they just Mm. feel like no one really cares about them Mm -hmm. no one is there for them they they just don't feel like they've got anyone Mm -hmm. Mm. in their life and in their their world and so part of the reason why people feel like they need to get into relationships Mm. is because of that sense of loneliness Mm. and so singleness Again, is often associated with loneliness. with with loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Um, yes. And then you get people. So you get you get some people who are serial daters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they just jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship, to relationship. Mm-hmm. and they never really have a period where they're just like, "Hey, I'm just going to take the next two years mm-hmm. to or what, however long, to just focus on those things that you guys were were, were talking about." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but let's just speak about this thing called loneliness mm. especially mm. in our world today our hyper connected world right connected. lonelier than ever which mm-hmm. is such a paradox um yeah what what how, how then does somebody who is single avoid loneliness i think ro mentioned it by community mm. um also by Understanding the source of your loneliness as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that is also key. Um, and that also, that's where the element of introspection and just spending time in prayer comes from. I think if you're struggling to have a period of time where you're just by yourself, there's a problem. Um, mm. there, there's a serious problem that needs to be addressed. It means that you're trying to fill a void. Yeah. with someone else and that doesn't work because mm-hmm. that person is not god <laughs> you know human beings have an imperfect way of loving people and as much as we want to sing songs about unconditional love and you know say that oh this person completes me um that that void can never be filled by a human being and i think it's it's really a matter of going back to the drawing board and saying okay i'm feeling this way but why that being said the desire to get married is not a bad thing <laughs> yeah uh-huh. it's not a mm-hmm. bad thing at all and i'm sure a lot of single people have felt and as much as they're they are comfortable being alone. They have felt that gap of needing to be yeah. with someone. And mm-hmm. that is, that is natural, but you need to know the difference between the two and to know why, why you feel that way. Okay. Okay. Coming back again to what you're talking about, they just, what you're just talking about. What are some practical, when you talk about community, mm-hmm. what are some practical ways that somebody can be in community. Well, mm. what exactly do we mean by community? Maybe some examples of what community may be. I think that that, because I, I just want us to be as pragmatic as possible mm. as we're having this conversation. Yeah, that's really good. I think, I, again, I think it differs from person to person. But uh, for me, I found the biggest part of my community has been having people in my life who will 
be errand friends where I know like I'll be going to do the most mundane task and I'll just be like, hey, do you want to just come and keep me company while I'm doing this? You know, and so it could literally just be like, you know, I could say to someone, oh, hey, I've got to go like fill up my car. Do you want me to come and pick you up on the way? And like, we'll just sit in the car and talk while I'm while I'm getting filled up. And, you know, we'll just update each other on what's going on in our lives. And, or yeah, even like grocery shopping, whatever, which I know there's a lot of people who hate that. So that's why I say specifically in my case. <laughs> I hate grocery shopping. Right, you know. <laughs> why? It's so much fun. Uh, fun. <laughs> there's different people, right? Yo. <laughs> Supermarkets are the bane of my existence. Retail <laughs> therapy, guys. Oh man, I can't. Like, I really struggle. Anyway, we're yeah, not, we're not talking about um, me right now. But <laughs> I think, yeah, understanding what kind of what the group of people around you um, is like, because there's a lot of people who, for them, uh, yeah. So for me, like quality time is literally like I could be doing anything as long as you're just there. And we can talk about whatever, or even if we're literally just in the same room, just doing whatever we're doing. So, I mean, I did this a lot, especially when I was uh, doing my undergrad degree. It would literally just be like, oh, hey, could I come over to your house and just work on my assignment while you are washing your dishes? Like, I just want to be in the same space as someone else. Um, so I think there's there's things like that where it's like you've got to understand the kind of people around you, which I think God has been so good in providing that for me, mm-hmm. which... There's a couple right now, a married couple that I'm really good friends with. And literally, they're the kind of people who, like, they've given me permission to literally just text them and be like, hey, are you guys at home? Can I just come through and just chill on your couch? Like, just hang out on my phone or whatever. Or, um, I don't know, uh, can I just come play some board games or something? Mm -hmm. You know, and literally just be in their space. So I think also... When you open up your space to other people... Are they like a young couple? Yeah, yeah. Do they have a daughter? No, they have a son. Okay, cool. Just checking. I'm just checking. Okay. Like, maybe you're like just going there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you wild. You wild right now. Ooh. Take a chill pill. He's busy laying the ground I'm to shoot your shots. I'm messing with you. Anyway, um, um, but yeah, I think so... When you create a space for people to come and be there, yeah. then that becomes a safe space for them to get out of their lonely spot and for them to just be in community without having any expectations of needing to provide something. It's just a way of saying, you are welcome here and we want you. You know, again, it's just that gives that idea of you belong with us, like you're part of our community. That's, that's dope, man. You know? I'm just saying this because... We're, we're, let me, whew, can I say this? I'm going to say it. Say, say it. it. So, <laughs> so I've had... I've had some older folk at church uh-huh. invite me to their house because they had a daughter. Okay. Was, oh, okay. Was like, you know, around your age. Come, come of age. Right, 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 right. And for them, it was a way of just trying to introduce us uh-huh. in a way. You know what I'm saying? And then I just thought, huh, this is kind of crazy because. Yeah, it just didn't quite work out for me. But I'm just saying, I, so that that was the background. Just thought I'd give that. Yeah. So I think what you're saying is really dope, right? It's really good about having people around you whom people that you're close to, people that you can just open up to, go to their house, chill on their couch, you know, play play with their kids or whatever. I think that's yeah. actually a brilliant thing. Uh, but then there's another aspect of community that I think is really important, which is church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was that was the obvious answer. Yeah. Right? That was the so, Sunday school. Yeah. So so church. But, you know, even at church, sometimes I've spoken to church folk who do feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm That's saying? True. Where uh, maybe they feel like the church is a bit clicky. They, they feel like yes. they don't fit in with mm-hmm. the general fabric of that particular church. So maybe let's speak to that as well, because I, I think... Within Christian communities, often we can form these little mm-hmm. groups where it's us four and no more mm-hmm. and yeah. whatnot, whatnot. And then we don't want anybody else to be part of our group. Mm-hmm. And then that person, or maybe somebody's just not as um, open 
Because some people are very introverted. Yeah. So right. they, they're not going to initiate a conversation. They're not going to mm-hmm. be part of the group. Maybe they're shy. So what are some ways that, as Christians, we can also be intentional about inviting somebody into our community? Mm. It's really just inviting somebody into our community. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that statement sums it up. Um, it's It's really, I get the whole thing of naturally gravitating towards people who mm-hmm. are who, who you have stuff in common with and so it's sometimes you just need to kind of step out of of your comfort zone or mm. step out of that bubble and reach out to new people and it, it takes a lot of intentionality and actually desiring to do that but i think being hospitable is a key aspect like of that. being yeah. a christian yeah it's 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 that's who we are supposed to be that's that's part of being like christ mm-hmm. um and so there really isn't a way around it besides being that mm. yeah because some christians are just mean man you know? <laughs> for yeah. real yeah and the bible actually talks about being hospitable right mm-hmm. but often we are so just like ah, oh, who are you type of thing mm-hmm. you know we don't roll with guys like this and i think that's that's problematic so, guys, I read a book a couple of years back during the lockdown. I, I read a book mm-hmm. by a guy called Sam Alberry. Oh, I know him. Called he's Seven, Seven Myths About Singleness. So I read okay. that with a, read that with a, another friend of mine. We've had him here on the show. His name is Tim. Tim from Zim. We read that wow, book together. That rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> we read that together, and quite an interesting book because he's because he as you may. No, Sam Alberry is single, mm-hmm. and he okay. His story is actually quite wild because he is a pastor based based in the UK, and he I think he struggled with same sex attraction. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he decided to actually not get married and remain single mm-hmm. so that he could honor God. So he writes a lot on relationships, on singleness, on marriage, and things like that. But I guess find him to be very deep. He's a very deep guy, quite a deep thinker. Mm. And he brings some very rich perspectives. Because, of course, you know, things like same sex and all this stuff, excuse me, these are things that we can't escape in our world today. These are becoming topical issues, even in church and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I like the way he addresses it. But just coming back to the book, which I actually highly recommend to both married and single people actually because mm. he talks about how <clears throat> he says even if you're married one day you're going to be single again mm. yeah like, what yeah because he basically said that one day your spouse is going to die yeah mm-hmm. oh and you're going to be single again mm-hmm. and and he actually gives some statistics and he says it's very it's highly unlikely that you're both going to die together i know i know that's a just a bit like morbid and stuff but the point is mm. he's saying that singleness is something that you you're going to have to constantly encounter yes Mm -hmm. or at least constantly think about and one day you will encounter Mm -hmm. in your life um then he talks about the importance of single people uh to be focused on the health of the marriages around them so praying for the married people Mm -hmm. around you your married friends uh the married couples in your church or in your community in your family but equally for the married people to Mm. help the singles around them to just have healthy seasons mm. of of singleness yeah um but there's some myths that he what, what he calls myths but there's some things that he highlights there that i think are pretty pretty important some of the most prominent people in the bible were single yeah so he says mm-hmm. the apostle paul was single mm-hmm. jesus himself yeah mm-hmm. was 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 a single man and he says there's some people for whom god actually is going to that God is called to singleness, mm-hmm. that they, they're called to singleness. Um, at some point, I started thinking that was me. Um, <laughs> no, notice I said at some point. Right. Uh, <laughs> but there are people out there that... So, yeah. so he then says, don't automatically assume that you are supposed to be in a marriage relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, but, but stop and actually take some time to reflect on it, to think about it, whether that's God's will, will for, for you. you. Yeah. yeah. Right. But then also, if you do decide that you're going to get married, you've got to think about the weightiness. Exactly. Of, mm-hmm. of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it's such a brilliant book. Of course, I don't want to, you know, this is not like a book review or anything like that, but I highly recommend that book. It's called 
seven myths about about singleness. But then he also then goes on to state some of the challenges, some of the practical challenges that he's faced as a single guy who's advanced in years. Yeah. Because most of his friends are married (coughs) and they're with their families. So naturally what happens is that as your friends get married, they're going to start focusing more on their families. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the friendship dynamics are going to change. So you've got to think about that as well, that Mm -hmm. if you're not finding your comfort and your sense of worth in your relationship with God, you can you can also start feeling lonely, even though you believe yeah. that God has called you to singleness, because mm-hmm. now you're a lot of your friends are, you, yeah. you know, you, you get you get the point. Yeah. So the question that I, I I have concerning concerning this particular thing, guys, is I've got two questions. Mm-hmm. The first one is: Is there a way for somebody to actually know if they've been called to a life of singleness? Sure. I don't think it's and this is not a theological yeah, question. Yeah. This is just like a, I just want to hear what you guys yeah. think. No, I don't think it's an indefinite thing. Um because again, you know, you look at the people in scripture and I mean, a lot of, you know, when Paul talks about his um like his singleness, he's talking about a lot of it in hindsight of what God has brought him through and he's mm-hmm. realized through that that um you know, this is what God has called him to. But I don't think there's ever any kind of, like, direct sense. I mean, I don't know. This might be a little bit of a hot take for some of my more, like, sure, sure. Um, charismatic friends who are like, man, the Holy Spirit just really gave it to me and said, like, you know what? You just got to be single. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's that's how it works. That's just me personally. I think that... God is always weaving a, a scarlet thread. And as you continue to experience life more, you look back on your past experiences with God and you begin to get little breadcrumbs of what he wants you to do next based on the experience he's already given you. And so I think through that, you can kind of get an idea of, okay, God wants me to do this mission. And so I just got to be faithful to that. I think where the switch comes is, whether or not he then somebody else who wants to support that mission comes alongside you, um, you know, and then it makes sense that because, you know, this, uh, you know, I guess for a man, if a woman is God-fearing and she has this passion that lines up with his and they see that they can support each other directly then it's like it makes sense for both of them to get married to further the kingdom however i think when someone knows their purpose well enough to know that it's something that god has uniquely called them to and they wouldn't have the opportunities they have as a married person to do that kind of ministry oh i see what you mean you know what i'm saying okay so i would i think i would put it in that kind of framework it's a, it's a tricky one. It's a very tricky question. I, I I think it's different for different people. Um, Absolutely. Some people may discover as they progress in their journey with God that the desire for marriage on their hearts isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people just, I, I don't know, maybe it was never there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we just, it's, it's really different. I think God... I don't know if God has a formula for for showing you that you're meant to be single. I, I don't mm. think there is. Mm-hmm. And that's just my take on it. Of course, I, that's really I, st- good. I stand to be corrected by people who have, you know, who have that particular gift of singleness. Right. But <laughs> that's what I think. That's gift. <laughs> but then, I, you know, can I say something really wild? Guys? Go ahead. Since I've kind of been already on a row. A row. Um, <laughs> we like your wild takes. We like them. <laughs> We're here for it. Could it be if you're a guy and like no chick likes you and you're just like, Sha, like this is like you just find that like there's just no woman that gravitates towards you. Maybe it's a sign. Yo, we were having this conversation with a bunch that, of the young like, adults. That, like God is like, hey, listen, bro. The fact <laughs> that, okay, you get my point. Or maybe yeah. if you're like a young lady, and then it's like, hey, 
Yeah, I don't want to say too much without, with, you know, you, you, get, you get my point. My point mm-hmm. is, maybe if you, could it be that if you're not getting that attention, and maybe you're like, actually, you're a really good looking person and all of that, but it's just not happening. Hey, maybe it's like a sign, right? I'm not saying anything. I'm not a prophet or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also, I think some people just don't put any effort. Like, they just... Like look really tacky all the time because I think there's that there's another side to it, oh, yeah, which is, that, that is which true. is that people sometimes people complain about ah I can't really find anyone or guys mm-hmm. aren't looking at me mm-hmm. or if you're a guy you're like ah there are no honeys but then like you've got bo half the time right you, you know what I'm saying <laughs> you don't smell good yeah. you just like you look tacky all the time. also I think there's some practical things that can yeah, be done I to think. make somebody just to make you look more presentable. A- appealing and presentable as a, mm. as a person. Um, but this is just me speaking yeah. in the flesh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so about that point, and I think this is the strength of community because yeah. you have to have people around you who are honest 100%. with you and who, you who tell you have real ones. Yeah, who tell you like, bro. Um, so deodorant, you can buy Listen. it at pick and pay for <laughs> yeah. this amount of money, for sure. or uh-huh. or lady, maybe you can do up your hair a little more, or something like that. Um, so have people who. Mm. keep who keep you accountable and it doesn't and people think of it only in spiritual terms like mm. are you praying are you fasting are you doing all of these things but it's also how you look you can have people who tell you straight up how you look or how you even treat people you know yes that yes. kind of thing so I, I think that's important the last th- thing the last well last ish as we wrap up question well point of discussion on this particular topic that I want to talk about is that we're living in a hyper sexualized world mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hyper sexualized everything is sexual everything mm. um access to sexual content or content that's got a sexual leaning of some sort is, has become very easy on your phone it could just be a regular advert. It, it, there's just so much that's constantly being thrown at us. The mm-hmm. music, the, the the movies, the shows we're watching. <clears throat> so the other struggle or issue that I know is like a pandemic on its own is just people are just very sexual mm-hmm. out yeah. there. Either literally getting sexually involved. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked at, okay, the way I grew up, is that when I remember my then youth pastor was very strict about boys and girls right, right. being alone. And so we were raised under that um, very strict sort of upbringing in our, in our journey as Christians, yeah. you know, and things are very black and white. And so naturally because of that, a group of us who were part of that whole thing, we, we were just very like, we we held on to that and we had that as a value system. Right. You know, yeah, slip ups here and there, but the general stance and position, the foundation was that there are just certain things that you don't do. Mm. Uh, so Keith and some, 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 some of my other friends were all part of that group. I look at lighties today, like just like young people today. Yeah. I'm speaking like an old man now. <laughs> and, and it's like, I'm shocked at the number of people who will get into into a relationship and every single relationship they get into, they're sleeping together. Yeah. Right. And this is in the church. This is not people out yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, you've dated five guys or five girls or whatever, mm. and you've slept together multiple times mm. with those people, every single relationship. Or people just doing wild things. So my, which then totally changes the whole mm. conversation about singleness because mm. some people right. are single but active mm. yeah 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 mm-hmm. single but they're hooking up yeah mm-hmm. with people yeah you know and that so that's a whole thing i i deal with young people a lot at church as well and I, i'm like hey bruv this is mad because this is what people are doing because it's become part of the culture yeah mm-hmm. can we can you quickly speak to that as we as we wrap up to say as a young christian man or a christian young lady who's actually chosen to walk the walk of singleness Mm. how do you also avoid that trap Mm. because it's a real trap yeah 
I think, first of all... You guys just got a bit serious for me there. All of a sudden, <laughs> this listen, is, guys. Yeah, oh, it's a deep subject. There's so much in that. I just this, feel like walking out of the studio. No, right like now this. You know what? Like, this this topic needs a, a, an episode of yeah. its own because it's that deep. So and and we'll, we'll have we'll have an episode that's dedicated. So, Miss Grace, you have to make sure that happens. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um. So, I think first of all. The, what we need to acknowledge and what the church needs to acknowledge is that people naturally do have those desires for intimacy. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, well, I believe for a long time, the church not has necessarily has suppressed them or refused to acknowledge them, but has kind of like thrown doctrine at them in a sense. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's effective to a point. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a certain level of openness um, when it comes to this topic, um, but open in a sense that is constructive and helpful. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is where your accountability partners come in. This is where your the people who are part of your community come in. Mm. If you can identify someone who can... You can go for go to and be like, yo, I'm struggling. You're yeah. like, I'm struggling, you know, with this these sexual desires, or I'm in a relationship and I'm constantly being tempted. Then, yeah, do that. That's good. Um, but also try not to put yourself, <laughs> and it's easier said than done. Yeah. Try not to put put yourself in a situation where you might get tempted. Mm. And so this is maybe spending a lot of time alone with a particular person Mm -hmm. or because the flesh will rise up. Yeah. And also bringing those desires before God in prayer. Um, That's key as well. Um, We are told to crucify our flesh by the word of God. And so Mm -hmm. that's something that we can't do in our own power and in our own strength. Um, so those are the three things that I'll I like touch that, on. Grace. Yeah. Yeah. But let's not treat this as it's like, oh, ew, gross. <laughs> like, we don't want to talk about this. Yeah. this. This is happening and it's real. Yeah. And I always think that the world has, is setting the, the agenda for these conversations. And that's right. not what we want as a church because obviously mm. people are being taught the wrong things out there. Yeah. And so we need to, there needs to be a, a tendency towards more openness. Constructive though. Constructive. Yeah. Yeah. I will Bro? say, I think, yeah, especially on that, as you were talking, Grace, I was thinking about it's so crazy that there had to be a point in which you know, the world started refocusing on consent. Hmm. You know, there was this big movement of people like... I remember that. Um, yeah, okay, well, like, make sure that you're asking people if it's okay if you can do certain things. It's like, like that should be foundational. Like, yeah. you should respect someone enough to know that if they have a boundary, mm-hmm. that you just don't cross that line. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I think... It's so crazy that the world that we live in has gone through so many cycles of, especially since, like, you know, the sexual revolution. But what, what was that? Was that the 80s? 80s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the tree just like, yo, I mean, everybody's free to express their body however they want. And, like, that includes in whatever manner of sex, like, trying to get rid of, like, all the taboo things that were tacked on. And then I think that was the hard thing with the church because they went to the extreme with purity culture, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. which is what you guys would have grown up in and yeah. saying, like, yeah, you know. Uh, I like, did not grow up in the 70s, just putting that out. Right, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> just, Are you sure? No, we moved to the 90s. Thinking I'm like a fossil. We, <laughs> we moved on to the 90s. Don't worry. Don't worry. But, you know, it gets to the point where then the church decided saying sex is bad. And that's what the purity uh, Mm -hmm. generation grew up with was I should never have sex under any circumstance. Correct. Then they got to marriage and they were like, well, what now? Yeah. Right. And so it's like we constantly have these extremes of like the church is saying don't do those things. um, But then saying, um, oh, but like sex is beautiful. Sex is God made. And they're like. Okay, but like we still we don't know what it means to have intimacy because we were never actually taught how to properly read through Song of Song, like Song of Solomon, right? 
And I think that's the problem we have is always swinging to extremes Mm -hmm. when, you know, God created a special place within marriage for us to talk about how we want to be intimate with our partners in a way that they will feel known. Because that's the whole idea is like sex is supposed to be for you and this one person who are already so vulnerable with each other to have this next level of vulnerability. And so, you know, obviously that's where it got screwed up in the world because now you're being vulnerable with multiple people with your body that Mm, you don't actually have a real emotional, vulnerable connection with. Mm. And so there's all sorts of complicated emotions that come with that because now you're tied to this person, but you don't actually have, you don't actually really care for them. Mm, Bro, I just feel like we need to have a whole topic. For real. That's that's exactly, that's why we went silent. It was, it's it's deep, man. Like, how do you break this down in just five minutes? And I love love what you shared there, what you both shared, because I feel like it's not being discussed enough and so yeah a lot of our young people are learning about sex out there mm. from yeah. instagram and instagram reels and what there's there's right. a lot of stuff that's out there then some mm-hmm. are going the whole way hardcore porn and yeah you know, yeah we, we know if you read the stats the porn industry was having a very good pandemic yeah you know what i'm saying during mm. <laughs> during the lockdown because, yeah. because ratings just went yep. up they, they shot through the yep. roof because people were at home and people yeah. needed to entertain themselves. And so it just goes to show you where society is at. Yeah. And unfortunately, the church, young people within the church are struggling with these things as mm. well. So these conversations need to be had. But unfortunately, we can't get too deep into it today. But I just, I, yeah. I think it's an important piece on singleness yeah. that needs to be explored more, ad- yeah. explored more and, ad- and addressed yeah. on its own because it's, mm. a, it's a real thing. I'm going to read a scripture quick. Then we wrap it up. This is, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, which says, Flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Mm. I think there's several pieces in there that I want to emphasize. On number one, obviously, the flee part. Mm. Right. Like you, can't, you can't negotiate with it. No, you can't. You just flee, whatever yeah. flee mm. means. If flee means block the person. If flee means don't go to their house. If flee means break up the relationship. Yes. What mm. Flee means whatever it means in, in that in that context. Uh, but it says, but pursue righteousness. So equally with the same tenacity, with the same passion, you've got to pursue the righteousness, faith, love, peace. Then it says, with those who call the Lord out of a pure heart. So that's mm. the community aspect that you were talking about, having a healthy yeah. community of people who are pursuing God exactly out of a pure heart. I think this is such a, such a great scripture. So thank you guys. Um, I mean, just really quickly, uh, Ro, what did you study at D.L. Moody? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I went to Bible school to mm-hmm. study communications. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I have a bachelor's in communications. Okay, well, so it wasn't like a theological So we did, did. It's so weird uh-huh. because at Moody, like you go there, you're going to get theology. Okay. Like there's no way around it. So essentially, so we didn't really do majors or minors. Like you have your major. Mm-hmm. You can do like an interdisciplinary. Right. But essentially... Everyone that goes to Moody has a minor in Bible and theology. Got it. So, like, there is, there's a certain amount of credits in Bible and theology class that you have to take. And so, like, I did hermeneutics and Old Testament survey and nice. all of that jazz. Nice. Um, Maybe we should bring you in one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool, man. And then yeah. rap. So, you're, you're rapping. Have you got any that's projects? R- so, projects I am... on the cards? Not right now. Um, so, I feel like I'm in the same stage that most hip-hop artists are in the sense that (laughs) we're we're constantly talking about things we're doing Mm -hmm. and we have a million files in the vault but um i don't have a clear-cut um direction into my own productions yet all right however i will say what i know is that god has definitely called me back so the reason i moved back to harare was because god wants me to do discipleship with creative teens awesome who want to work with uh who are who are trying to write music. And yeah. I think that's something God has specifically gifted me as the gift of lyricism. Yeah. And so my goal is to do discipleship through the vehicle of teaching lyricism to um, to kids and teens who, who want to grow in that aspect of their lives. That is pretty cool. So um, that is that is something that's in the works and I'm having a lot of conversations with people about. I think you can drop, um, you can drop a couple of bars for us. Right now? Yeah, just put you on the spot, man. You want me to... Can I pull on my notes app? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Our very own 
Andy okay. Mineo. Hey. Oh my gosh. People keep saying that, though, it's because I'm a white man with glasses and a beard. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. The shoe fits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to form. Uh, okay, anyway. I actually love I, Andy Mineo, by the way. Anyway, that's it. That's anyway, yeah. I do got something for you. Um, Drop it. Okay, so it's just like four bars, but anyway, here it is. So it's. I don't just believe in God when it's convenient. I'm hoping in a couple of things I still haven't seen yet. My pain doesn't always have to have a reason, but everything in this life will always have its season. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. I like that. Ooh, dope. I like that. I, like I appreciate that. it. That's dope. Um, where do we find? Do you have any music that's out there yet, or mm, not yet? Okay. Um, but I will keep you posted. Cool. Stick around. Awesome, man. We're gonna stick around for sure, and would love, love, love to have you back on the show. What? It's, been, it's been great. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you for coming through. And I got to learn a thing or two about the beard game, man. <laughs> yeah. Good tips from him. Yeah, some tips. And yeah. Grace, thank you very much. Thank you. It's always a pleasure Indeed. being here. Yeah. yeah. Always. We always need that perspective from a lady. You know? Our fount of wisdom. <laughs> That's what she is. Fount oh of wisdom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. And really hope that this conversation has stimulated something within you and that it's gotten some gears turning. If you're currently in a relationship that you ought not to be in, you know what to do. Leave that person. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Drop him like a hot rock. Drop. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, let's, I, I think again, as with many of our episodes, you know, this is an episode that you want to listen to a couple of times. Mm and just really glean the lessons that have been shared here. I think there's some really powerful perspectives that were shared and really think about where you're at, what you value, where you're at in your journey with God and where you're going. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. We're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.